0: It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. Ken Coleman, number one best-selling author, Ramsey personality, host of the Ken Coleman Show, is my co-host today. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. So you've got questions about your life, your career, your money, we're here to help. Open phones, 888-825-5225. Caleb is in Charlotte, North Carolina to start this hour off. Hi, Caleb. How are you?
1: Good, Dave. Thank you for uh, taking my call.
0: My pleasure. How can we help?
1: So I'm in the middle, or I guess I should say the beginning stages of starting a business, um, and I'm wondering if it is the best idea to take any profit and put it straight back into the business so I can keep doing it debt-free. Or would it be better to take the profit and pay off um, personal debt, which would be because uh, right now we're in the kind of the middle stages of baby step two on our personal debt.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, you got. I
1: currently have a full time job, uh-huh. which is um, in addition to the business. So the business is, is separate.
0: Okay, and so you you can get out of debt on your full time job. Are you married?
1: Yes. Your yeah. Wife, I'm married. Does your wife uh, work outside but, the home? No, my wife is a, a stay-at-home mom. We've okay. got a. So, what do you make in the day job? A, uh, about one forty.
0: Good for you. Okay. How much debt have you got?
1: Right now, we're probably around eighteen thousand. Okay.
0: Yeah. Stop your whining and get out of debt. Really, seriously, one hundred and forty over eighteen. Knock it out, dude. Well,
1: that's it's, it's <laughs> that's a new. It, it was a big jump recently. So
0: okay, good. I'm messing with you, but you. The bottom line is your numbers are fabulous. You got a big old shovel and a small hole. Mm-hmm. So let's just knock out so that 18, keep- and and that's the good news. Now you got the side business, and you can afford to take all the side business and pour your money back in uh, out of that. Uh, we're not borrowing money for business ever. Sure, you will ensure your failure if you do for multiple reasons. (laughs) Yeah,
3: especially in a small business situation. I mean, this is throwing off a lot of cash. What is the expense that you're thinking about that you'd have to cash flow versus uh, going to debt?
1: Well, it's not... um, So it's going to be a baseball training facility. Um, I will be leasing the building, so I won't be in debt for for that. Um, It'll just be equipment and how fast or how much equipment I want to start out with versus, you know just kind of growing a little more organically.
0: Yeah. yeah. Organically. S-
3: stick with organic, man. It's just you don't want to stress yourself out. And this I'm guessing is the dream. Is this something you eventually want to step into full time or you want to keep it on the side?
1: Um eventually I would like it to be um full time. Um I baseball is kind of my background has been for a long time and the job I'm in right now I love um, um, but it, it may not be more than a 10-year thing, you know. Um, so eventually I would like it to be able to support my family full-time.
3: Sure. Well, good. Then organic is the way to go or else that dream could become a nightmare. Dave's right. You just don't need debt on this. And you're so close Here's a couple a things. free
0: yeah, Here's a couple of things, Caleb, we teach in and Andre Leadership on this. When you grow a business with actual cash, you purchase different things at a different speed than you do when you use other people's money you're more careful about what you buy and you're more careful about what you pay for what you buy because it's like real money, <laughs> you know, that's right. and that's, there, there's a reality to that. Uh, the second thing that happens is you, it forces you to grow to make your purchases slower and you're going to be learning about the business. You're going to get what we always laughingly call learnings, uh, which are mistakes that leave scars, and you're going to, you know, you're going to learn stuff that would tell you not to purchase something that you might have if you'd gone ahead of the learning. And the cash right. holds you back and kind of keeps you by dealing with only cash. It keeps you from going ahead of what what you've got to learn yet. And so you don't make us, you don't, you don't. Ma- and then the third thing is when we borrow. Let me just t- here's the deal. I've been doing this business for 30 plus years. 90 percent of my ideas. Suck. About and, and this is a world class nationally known brand. And all of the all the ten million people that have gone through financial peace university, the twenty two million people listening to this, all of that impact is because of about ten percent of our ideas. The other ninety percent of our ideas, we survived them because they were stupid. <laughs> Nope. And the problem is when you're going for your walk in the morning or you're running in the morning or you're sitting on the back porch with a cup of coffee, all your, all your ideas are brilliant. And when you put them out there in the real world, you just determine that they're not. And when you borrow money into the wrong thing, you magnify the size of the mistake because you do stupid Makes on sense. steroids. Mm-hmm. And so when you use cash, it causes you to go at the speed of your learning it, it, you'll learn you'll make better purchases and more careful purchases and you don't magnify your mistakes because there's 100% of the time you're going to make mistakes it's
3: brilliant and one thing to add to that Caleb cash increases your innovation because if you're borrowing money, you go, "Oh, I'm going to buy this equipment, and this equipment," because everybody else does it. And when you got to go cash, you go, "How do I teach the baseball swing, or how do I do this without a bunch of fancy equipment?" It really does increase mm-hmm. your innovation because when yeah. you don't have ca- when you don't have the cash, but you still want to grow it, you go, "How can I do this the least expensive way?" And the imagination takes over, and that's what leads to innovation. Craig he, Rochelle talks about this the other day. I was going to the, mention the, him. The yeah.
0: limited resources, when you realize your resources are limited, and everybody's resources are limited, but the borrowing of takes away that effect temporarily. But the limited resource forces the creativity. That's correct, and it forces you to get scrappy, and you scratch and you claw, and scrappy always wins. And uh, the the some of the more shameful errors we have made at ramsey were when we got a little bit fat mm. and we had a little bit of cash we had a little bit of room and we just went well what is my thing?" Well, and then all of a sudden you you lose that scrappiness you lose that creativity you lose uh you know forcing to learn the techniques blocking and tackling goes to the side and we yeah. think we're too good for it mm-hmm. and um you know, and, and and you're looking for an easy button, and yeah. there's just not a freaking easy button. That's right. So you're you're really doing a good thing here, yeah. Caleb. You're really doing a good thing. Yeah, you've got a great situation with a great day job to pay off your debts, and to continue building your finances. And 100% of the profits on that business can go back into that absolutely. business, absolutely. Grow it organically. Grow at the speed of cash. You know, we built this building mm. uh, three years ago, four years ago, whatever it was. Uh, the only thing the newspaper actually got right, because they never get anything right on me, um, they make up crap when they want to. But um, anyway, they, they, they Ramsey is building the building at the speed of cash. Yeah, and that was the, that, that right. was the headline. Oh, good. And after you got past wow. the headline, nothing in the article was accurate. But <laughs> you know, like it never is, right? But well, they rare. Uh, yeah, an accurate Jeez. headline. But I mean that's it. We are cuz that's, well, all that's what I told the lookout. We're building the building at the yeah. speed of cash. Yeah. In other words, if we run out of cash, we're gonna stop building. Huh ah! There you go. This is the Ramsey show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past, but a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Ken Coleman, number one best-selling author, host of the Ken Coleman Show, where we talk about career and job, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Nikki is in Wichita, Kansas. Hi, Nikki, what's up?
4: Hi, Dave. um, Not a lot. How are you today?
0: Better than I deserve. How can we help?
4: Good. Um, I'm calling because... um, My husband and I, we, um, own two houses. Well, right now we're, um, we have a mortgage on one and one, um, is supposed to be our rental property. We haven't been able to rent it yet. Um, but it's the house that we lived in when we got married four years ago. And, um, he's always had a dream to rent this property and he, he just really wants to rent it. And, I have a lot of conflict. So we've been trying to follow your steps since we got married, since before we got married. And um, he's the one who introduced me to you. And um, so we, we paid off all of our debt after we got married, and we are still debt-free, praise God. Um, but um, I know that I've listened on your show before, and we've been partially through financial peace university and we've gotten some advice from some of our church friends and um renting this house doesn't seem like the right thing to do right now um and i really don't know what to do it's caused a lot of conflict it's like the main conflict in our marriage and i'm just calling you to see what you would advise me to do
0: Okay, um, hmm. well, uh, I, I hear him whining in the background. It was always my dream, and you're a dream killer. That's what I'm hearing. Because the way you were shamed into your into your sentence structure, uh, I heard shame coming up. I know it's always, it's always his dream, and I don't want to kill his dream, which means he's been telling you that you're a dream killer. And let me just tell you, when you kill somebody's nightmare, you're not a dream killer. You're a nightmare killer. And, you know, if somebody's doing something stupid and you tell them not to do it, you're not a dream killer. That's an act of love. And so your disagreement is based in love here. It's not based in the fact that um, little boy can't get what he wants, um, so let's not start there at all. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dignify that with an answer but uh, but what what let's just back up a minute. I, I think the two of you need to sit down with a marriage counselor and pan back because basically he signed you up for a, seri- a way of handling money that was proven that would be the shortest distance to wealth and generosity. And then once he signed you up for that, he changed horses and decided i want to live my dream i want a rental house with dad and um so he's the one that changed the deal here so somebody has to kind of help you guys navigate through the mediation of him changing the direction because you didn't change anything he, he said hey let's do this dave ramsey stuff and then he goes well i don't really want to do it anymore am i missing something
4: no i, I don't think so okay um.
0: And you sound awfully tired, fatigued, and beat down by a stupid rental house discussion. It's just a house
4: yeah. okay um i I will mention also that it's been in his family, so he has had his family let him know that um they would rather him not sell it.
0: well, then they ought to buy it and, yeah I agree, <laughs> you know and and it's, <laughs> Okay, there's so many guilt trips in the, the, the I mean, you guys you guys are a good travel agent for guilt trips around there. Mm. Him, his family, it's like a modus operandi. So, you, the two of you need to decide what is best for the two of you. If it includes keeping this house and paying it off very, very quickly, that's okay. If it includes keeping this house and staying deeply in debt because my family shamed me into it and my husband shamed me into it, this is toxic as crud. <laughs>
4: This house is paid off. Um we completely own this house. We don't owe any money. No, the on one it. you're talking about renting. Um, right. Right.
0: You got debt on the other house?
4: Yes, the house that we live in, we bought in 2020.
0: Oh, and you but you you borrowed money on it cuz you didn't sell the other one.
4: Right.
0: Yeah. So the, it, there's it a, was, so effectively married. you borrowed yeah. money to keep the other one.
4: Yeah. Yeah, what Pretty will much. the other ones sell for? Um, the rental? Yes. Uh, Well, it's appraised at $45,000.
0: $45, $45,000? Um, yeah. Well, this
4: because is a fine, of fine piece of property. It. <laughs> it's really small. It's like a little one-bedroom, one-bathroom um, house.
0: Most people call me with car payments bigger than this. And y'all are arguing about a dump of a house.
3: Oh, Lord. What's the rent on that? I can't imagine it's much. get rid of it. It's a piece (laughs) of trash. There's
0: no question. Listen, 20 years from now, are you going to be glad you own this as an investment? No! It's not going to get better. It already sucks. No, I don't want this piece of real estate. No, 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 no. If if you want to keep it as a... Is there land with it? No, there's not. There's not any land well, with it. not a value. No. No, it's a tiny... No.
4: It's it's a tiny house on a big lot. Yeah. Um, it has a...
0: And it's very, very old garage. and very dumpy.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've it's $45,000, it
0: girl. This tells us everything we need to know. Okay, really? so here's the deal. I, I don't care, but here here's the thing. The question you all have to ask yourself is... As a couple, other people outside the, your marriage do not get a vote in this, including me. You call me for my advice, I'll give you my advice, but I don't even get a vote, okay? You guys got to decide what you're mm-hmm. going to do. And the question you need to do is the two of you, as a husband and wife, need to pan back and say, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, which of these decisions are we going to be glad we did? I can promise you, having owned over 2,000 pieces of real estate in my life that dealing with the tenant you're going to deal with in a $45,000 house for the next 20 years is not going to add value to your life. This is going to be a total pain in the butt and all for nothing financially. The only possible reason to consider keeping this house is it's been in the family. And uh, it's a $45,000 keepsake. But even then, it's, it's Listen, this is this is one of those things that he needs to let go of, and so yeah, you need to you need to sit down with the marriage counselor because the pain in your voice has nothing to do with this property. It has to do with his family injecting themselves into your all's life. It has to do with your husband changing horses in the middle of the dadgum stream and saying, "Well, you know, I yeah, but yeah, take the forty five thousand dollars, pay it down on your mortgage, and then start working to get your mortgage off." That's what Dave and Sharon Ramsey would do, even if the little house had been in her family or my family. And even if our little families didn't like it, we would still go, check it out. If you want to keep it, it's only 45 grand. Run yourself down to the credit union. Write me a check. I'll hand you the deed.
3: Yeah, and I think the marriage counseling is the key here. This thing has become way bigger than it needs to be it's just not worth it it's not causing a ton of financial stress other than the upkeep so i think there's two sides to this i think dave you're absolutely right but i also don't think it needs to cause this much stress for her either it's not like it's burdening them you in sound any way. exhausted it does it seems like this thing has gotten huge and it's a little teeny tiny house that quite frankly they don't owe anything on i would do the same thing and i'd take the 45 now like today i'd take it yeah and put it on the house I take thirty-five. Just well, get rid of the problem. Too. It's right. it's
0: not a blessing. It's a curse. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And so it's I It's going to be a long. Yeah. There's a reason you can't rent it. Hello. <sighs> so yeah, I, I think there's the 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 fatigue is not about the house. No. It's not about the finances. It's about your husband changing horses in the middle of the stream, saying we were going to do this. Now I decided I don't want to and it's about all this interference and argument over really nothing it's not worth it this is the ramsey show Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of Paycheck Purpose, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Josh and Ashley
5: are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? We're doing great, Dave. How are you doing? Better than we deserve, brother. Welcome. Where do you guys live? We're from Burgistown, Pennsylvania, which is right outside of Pittsburgh. Awesome. Very cool. So how much debt have you guys paid off? We had $147,500 that we paid off. Love it. How long did this take you? It took us nine years. Wow. All right. And your range of income during that time? With overtime and bonuses, we started in the 80s, and now we're between 100 and 150. Okay. Way to go, guys. Very good job. All right. And what kind of debt was the 148000 It was our house.
0: Hey, look at it, weird people. <laughs> wow. No payments in the world. How's that
5: feel? it feels great (laughs) i can't imagine how old are you two
6: i'm 33
5: i'm 34 all right and you have a paid for house that's right what's the house worth we bought it It was worth 150 and it's hard to say what it's worth now okay but you bought it like nine years ago yeah so it's probably worth four or five hundred it's definitely up a few bucks at this point so
0: definitely okay you don't even care because you're not selling it that's right all right
5: good way to go you guys Way to go. So tell us, what what do you guys do for a living? I'm an operations supervisor for a midstream natural gas company.
6: Mm -hmm. I'm a mom and a wife.
5: (laughs) I love it. Very good. Good for you guys. Household executive.
0: I like it. That works for me.
6: I knew you were going to say that.
0: So the uh, 148,009
5: years, tell us how this all got started. How would you get introduced to this whole Ramsey stuff? So... Before I was an operations supervisor, I was an instrument electrical technician, and I was on my way to a call-out, and I was scrolling through channels, and you were on the college station, and that was the beginning of everything. Okay. So you heard us squawking about this on the radio. That's right. And you said, "Uh, wait a minute, maybe I could pay this off. Yep. So bought the books, and then uh, not too long after that, we went and did FPU. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So, actually you just were along for the ride, or you did you uh, push
0: back against this, or was it all your idea, and he's just making it like it's his?
6: It was not my idea. No, <laughs> I am the free spirit. Okay. Um, but I am the first one to cut up my credit card.
3: Oh, ah.
0: <laughs> ah. She wins that contest. Yeah. There you go.
3: Okay. I'll show you. <laughs> so when he comes home and he mm-hmm. talks, starts talking about Dave and the show and all this stuff, and he paints the picture, what do you think it's going to do for you guys? How quickly did you jump on board, at least from, okay, this makes sense, to, all right, I'm going to be the first one to cut the card? Um,
6: I don't know. I I think at first I was, even after I cut the card, I was kind of really frustrated with him over the whole budget thing. I can remember... Our first two budget meetings, I cried.
3: Oh wow! (laughs) Was it the process that made you cry, or the uh, taskmaster there beside you?
6: The taskmaster. Uh oh.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Honest to a flaw. There we go. (laughs) Too too much truth. I like it. I love it. That's fun. That's fun because that that the first budget committee meetings are emotionally, they're gut wrenching, because you're a you're having to look at all your stuff. And it's like, man, did we screw up some stuff? And man, have we got some opportunity to, to go win here? And then you got to start going, ah, man, we got to cut back and I got to watch this and it's all your fault. And man, it, you can have some of the biggest fights of your entire marriage in those first two budget meetings. And uh, that's a very real thing. That's a very real thing. Uh-huh. So but you guys push through. Here you are nine years later and boom, house is paid for. Yep. Was it
5: worth it? It was totally worth it. Yes. Yeah. Will you go back in debt? No, that's not the plan at all.
6: <laughs> 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 my favorite part, I think, is the peace part, the financial peace part. Mm. I think that's my favorite part.
0: You do kind of relax in a place you didn't even realize was hurting, you know, and you go, "Wow, I would thought I, I didn't realize I was carrying around three hundred pounds until I set it down."
6: I, I, you said one time that, that. Some people have a security organ, and I tell him all the time, I have a security organ. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's very real. And, um, yeah, financial peace, two words that don't go together, like airline service. It's uh, pretty incredible. Well, I'm proud of you guys. What do you tell people the key to getting
5: out of debt is? The budget was huge. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, was a crazy ride through the end. The last year was just pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. we started off on a pretty paved surface uh we had uh just had baby number four and then I got promoted mm-hmm. and I finished my bachelor's degree all right and we work for i work for an awesome company we say we because it's a package deal mm-hmm. but uh we had just taken six weeks of paternity leave mm-hmm. paid for so very cool stuff and what's we,
0: your what your what'd you get your degree in
5: uh engineering management oh wow very good, good. so very good. But we came back off of uh, paternity leave and uh we found out that uh ashley had stage four cancer oh so, my. Oh, no. so we didn't even do a budget for about four months while we were working through the early stages of that but we had been so disciplined and used to doing it that uh we knew what we could spend mm-hmm. we had an emergency fund we had our family our friends our church and our work family taking care of us and supporting us and we were able to keep on going and then uh things started turning around there and then very unexpectedly we uh lost my dad in january so wow it's a tough run on the end there you're right so how are you doing now actually
6: i'm good um i will forever always have treatment Mm -hmm. um but it was actually i say this and people kind of look at me weird but like it was actually really cool (laughs) there was a period of time where i didn't get out of bed Mm -hmm. um would you say like six weeks thereabouts um but I never thought that I would get to be where I'm at now. I'm kind mm-hmm. of back to where, maybe not necessarily back to where I was before, but close to back to what I was mm-hmm. before. Wow. So yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool. It's
0: a great recovery. Yeah. Praise God. Good
5: stuff.
6: Mm-hmm. Okay. Really
5: cool. I like, so the, I like the end of this story better.
0: Yeah.
6: <laughs>
5: and so to tout the plan, if you really want to test your uh, financial game plan, mm-hmm. get cancer and see where you're at on the other side. <laughs> yeah. So that'll uh, that'll, che- that'll <laughs> check everything out for sure. Wow. Well, what an incredible
0: story, you two. You're amazing. We're proud of you. Well done. Well done. Excellent, excellent job. All right, bring the kiddos up. We've got a copy Mm -hmm. of Baby Steps Millionaires for you. How ordinary people built extraordinary uh, extraordinary wealth, and now you can too. And well, of course, you're gonna uh, that'll be the next chapter in you guys' story. We've also uh, got a uh, additional membership for one year at Financial Peace University. Maybe give that away since you've been through it. I don't care. Go back through it. Good for us either way. And uh, total money makeover is there for you to give away as well. So we all those gifts. What are your kids' names and ages? Good. Oh, we can't hear them. Oh, you're gonna have to elevate Sorry. sorry. You're
6: this is Hannah. T- mm-hmm. She's nine. Mm-hmm. This is Caleb. He's five. Mm-hmm. Elsie, she's seven,
0: mm-hmm.
6: and Levi's eighteen months.
0: All right, very good. <laughs> All right, Josh and Ashley in the gang from Pennsylvania. I love it. One hundred forty-eight thousand paid off in nine years, making eighty to one fifty. Count it down.
5: Let's hear a debt-free scream. We're three, debt-free. two, <laughs> ready. One, two, three. We're, We're debt-free.
2: debt-free!
4: <laughs>
3: Some help in the countdown. Yeah, little Levi had a, had another idea there. He's like, <laughs> wait a second, I want to say something. I got something to say here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well, I'll tell you what, life is going to happen to you
3: mm. anyway. That's the truth.
0: So you might as well be on a plan to prosper while you're doing it. And to put yourself in a position to uh, not have to worry about money while you're fighting stage four. Oh, so my true. God. I mean, that's amazing She came back from that.
3: Really true. That's yeah. pretty strong. That peace allows you to focus on what you need to to persevere. But when you got money problems and then life throws the extra problems at you, it only compounds. And this is a wonderful example of that.
0: That's exactly right. That's how it works. I mean, this idea that, you know, it's that Forrest Gump thing, one less thing to worry about. It's you true. know, it's, uh, you got to really have a whole way, a whole different way of viewing this stuff, and um, this freedom gives you every bit of that. Proud of those guys, they're yeah. heroes, Great man. Family. Took control of their life. Nine years, the wow. struggle goes on, but they're a hundred percent debt free, house and everything, and the other side of a cancer fight. Yeah. Wow, this is the Ramsey Show. Coleman, number one best-selling author and host of The Ken Coleman Show. Ramsey Personalities, my co-host today. You know, every time you hear someone do their debt-free scream, it's because at some point they said, enough! I'm not living like this anymore! I've
3: had it!
0: You have to have that moment where you say, that's it, enough! And when you get mad like that, that's when you're getting ready to change your life. Inflation, stupid credit cards, gas prices, it's killing you. And you, it may be your time right now to rise up and say enough. You know, you have to decide to control what you can control. And that's you, your behavior. You have the power to control and change your future. Financial Peace University is where we've shown 10 million people how to do that. And it's a proven step-by-step plan. And you, know, you want to get out of debt, get on a budget, build wealth, be outrageously generous, learn about investing. It's the class you should have taken in high school but you didn't so now it's time to be sick and tired of being sick and tired say that's it I've had enough I'm done go to RamseySolutions.com slash enough RamseySolutions.com slash enough and get yourself into Financial Peace University Bill is with us Bill is in San Antonio except that's not the line there it is Bill's in San Antonio hey Bill how are you and I deserve, sir. How are you? Just the same. How can we help?
2: Okay, so to keep it short, I am 28. I'm a software developer with a household income of about 5000 a month. My wife is 25 and is a full-time grad student. We are on baby step three, so we're completely debt-free. However, we are currently cash-flowing my wife's final year of grad school, so we don't have that much saved. Uh, here's my question. I'd like to go back to school myself and change careers, however to a career that would pay significantly less money than i'm currently earning um, i'd like to pursue pastoral ministry it is a passion and a calling i felt for over a decade and i've been deeply involved in local church since uh, throughout the time however i'm very deeply concerned with how i'd support a wife and any future kids we might have on a pastor's salary so how do i prepare financially to
0: be a minister with a family Hmm. lots of pastors I know make 60,000 and more. Yeah. I think you've created yeah, it worried, a like,
3: What what are you worried about specifically?
2: Um how much how limited we would be whether we'd be able to uh, pay for home or for our kids uh, college expenses in the future. Um if we're only making 60 or something close to that.
0: You're making 60 now. You said you make 5,000 a month.
2: Uh, right. But we don't have any kids right now and we don't, and we're only renting. we like, we don't have significant expenses right now.
3: Well, uh, Bill, let me give you a real life scenario here. Um, I just, uh, over the weekend was uh, back in uh, the Hampton roads, Virginia area, visiting my mom and dad for my brother's uh, daughter's wedding. And, just reveling in the living room late uh, on Saturday night with my mom and dad about 47 years of ministry. My dad recently retired. He never made more than $40,000 a year. My brother and I both went to college. My mom and dad have paid their house off. It's been paid off for 20 years. It's a false hmm. narrative that you can't raise kids and help send your kids to college by being a pastor. And my dad pastored small churches. So. Um, you know, your income ability uh, in multiple positions within ministry, multiple, okay, Uh, can easily make 60, and uh, I think Dave can make the case that you can do everything you want to do for your family with your family making 60. Hmm. I'm just giving you a real-life scenario.
2: That's really helpful. Yeah, Yeah, I know that the, the compensation could be extremely variable. I talked to one pastor who was making as little as 30 or 35, um, okay, hold on, sure. hold on,
3: hold on, hold on. What was his scenario? What was his situation?
2: Uh, he was a full-time pastor in Philadelphia.
3: Of how big of a church? That I don't know. I can guarantee it's very small. Mm-hmm. So you're choosing the extreme edge here uh, to kind of validate your fear. And if I could just challenge you, uh, this is what you feel called to. And, if, and I'm not going to question that. But if you mm-hmm. believe that you're called to ministry, then you also believe that God will provide what you need. And at some point you're gonna have to uh choose faith over fear. You know this. You can preach on yep. it.
0: Absolutely. And um yeah. And two other pieces of information. Eighty percent of people in um in America today that are pastors are bivocational. Mm-hmm. They work two jobs. And so your days of uh, being a software engineer are probably not over. Hmm. Um, I know lots and lots of pastors. Uh, Financial Peace University has been taught in over 50,000 churches now. So we've got an intimate look at the finances of the pastors, the finances of the churches for three decades now, and the vast majority of them make over $60,000 a year uh, in a church of, you know, reasonable size. But if you're going to pastor 45 people or a hundred people, you're not going to make any money. Uh, but if you're going to grow a church and have a ministry that has some impact on, you know, a, a larger number of people than that, then you're going to get yourself in a position reasonably to make a decent income. And in any time you want to add to it, then you can, um, Just, you know, pick up some software development stuff, some software engineering stuff, and you've got that skill set. The second thing I would add to this is um, education is always, not always, education in your chosen field that is applicable, continued personal growth is always a good idea. And so a pastor who continues to study doctrine, theology, Greek, Hebrew, and so on uh, is a good idea throughout the rest of your life. Uh, but there are many movements in within the evangelical circles that do not require a degree at all to pastor. Mm-hmm. I know many, many pastors of substantial churches who are great theologians who never darken the door of a seminary except to go speak to them occasionally. Uh, and so the re- requirement to have a seminary degree in order to be a pastor is simply not there mm-hmm. in the marketplace that you're in. Is it preferable that you're knowledgeable? You bet. I would add to that, I think you ought to go to Israel and actually see where the Bible happened and walk around on those spots before you preach a sermon. It would really change the whole world for you. I did, I did that late in my faith walk, and it changed everything in the way I read and saw the Bible and the way I teach the Bible. And so, yeah, you, you know, there's a lot to the whole thing of gathering up information and knowledge in your faith. But the requirement of a, an expensive seminary degree to make $35,000 a year is simply not real. That's not true. So you can start pastoring now, and you can add your formal education as you go along. And you know, if you pick up an extra forty thousand bucks on top of your current income and start pastoring now, by vocationally, then start adding some classes in, grow your ministry over time. You're making sixty, a hundred. It's not that unusual at all. You're ministering to five hundred or a thousand people. Uh, not that unusual at all. And uh, that's you know that there there's a whole lot of need for that in America today and uh, for men and women that do that kind of thing so um, and yes seminary is a good idea I'm not, I'm not trashing education I don't do that but but you know one of the things you talk about Ken is is it a requirement to enter the space and the answer is no here
3: it's not and, and realistically you know you need to be thinking about what is my entry point because there's lots of different ways you could go i will tell you unless you have a specific heart to plant a church meaning to start a church from scratch which let me just tell you that is the hardest thing in the world to do let me just tell you it is uh my dad did it twice uh but you may serve yourself well by getting in on a staff and and learning ministry from a terrific leader above you and, and 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 taking your time to move up. So a lot of this right now needs to be, where do you see yourself 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line in ministry? Is it a parachurch organization, which is just as much ministry as a traditional church? These are the questions I'd like you to figure out right now by hanging out with people that are doing ministry in those roles, and then you'll get verification on where you want to go and then the best way to get there.
0: Yeah, if you could get on staff somewhere now, you could contract your software engineering and work, I think that's a, a full time job. Idea. Working as a full time job. It'd yeah. be very possible. Yeah, well, a lot of options there, dude. A lot of options. A lot of ways to get at it. Thanks for being a listener. Thanks for calling in. This is the Ramsey Show.
3: Hey, folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.